Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for coming back to Artist Care and Feeding Podcast. I'm, of course, the producer, Mark. With us is our two amazing hosts, Kathleen Falsani and Caitlin Barrett. Uh, on today's mini-sode, we are uh, going over the subject of whether or not ebooks are better mm. than actual books. Of course, everyone knows that ebooks are far better for the environment, but I'd like to hear your uh, opinions on the subject. So, Caitlin, uh, Kathleen, mm, take well. <laughs> So, I will say this. I was so strongly non-ebook for so long. So mm. long that, in fact, I toured for 10 straight years and bought regular books and traveled them around the entire world with me because I was so offended by the idea of an e-reader. I I now have an e-reader. You now have an (laughs) e-reader? Okay. So I was going to say, of course, hard books because I'm not a monster. But (laughs) I like gadgets. Mm. I am a a tiny bit of a gearhead. And I like... I've had every e-reader since the first one came out. And are we talking Kindle? Kindle, iPad, Nook, Paperweight, not the Nook, because mm. not the Nook, but <laughs> okay, so those two. Um, you know, and I have all, I always have Kindle apps on mm-hmm. all of my devices and stuff. So this is mm-hmm. what it's come down to for me. I do not retain information the same way when I read it on a tablet as I do when I read it on a physical. I agree book. with that. I agree with that. Part of that is because I don't have total recall. I have partial recall. So I can see where it is on the page. Like I can flip open the book and and come within 10 pages of where it is. And I can see what, if it's on the right or the left, it's sort of in the middle. Weird. I have that same thing. But I can't. I can't see what it says, but I know where it is. But you know where it is. Yeah. And I and I will say the massive downside to an e-reader is that if e- I know you can like highlight things and you can save mm-hmm. them and they're bookmarked and whatever, it is impossible to track back to figure out where those things are. Whereas in a regular book, I'm the monster who turns down the corner of the page so okay. that I can always go back to that page. I actually loaned a book out to a very good friend of mine and I had so many different spaces marked in it and it came back <laughs> and he had unfolded all of them and had this huge look of like, how dare you on his face? And I was like, no, really, how dare you? Yeah. That's like wearing your underwear and bringing it back like crotchless or something. That's not it's like a thing TJ, that one does. How dare you? How dare no. you, TJ? No, no, no. Seriously, TJ King, shout out. No, bad. D- bad don't do bad that. TJ. Bad. Very bad. Ha- having said that, I I have almost all of my favorite books or books that I go back to a lot. I also own them as Kindles. So when I'm writing in an e-version, so that when I'm writing something, I can go and search for the word or search for, it's faster. But I I don't remember that unless I've read it in a hard book first. But... So I have and a I lot. will say there's an there's a tactile quality also oh, to actual reading of books mm. that I think feeds into that memory factor mm-hmm. and maybe it ha- comes from I mean I'll speak for myself comes from that reading being one of the very first things I ever learned to do as a living human being. Yes. <laughs> like I started reading very young and so then I, I. Yeah. really read voraciously and and have for all of my life. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of very tactile sensory memories and it disappoints me still, even after a couple of years of being an e-reader, to read a book and not have 
a sense of the cover art, of the weight of the pages, of the font size, mm. of the the smell of it even, like whether, it, even though it's easier, there's something very lacking about technology in that particular I completely agree with you. And as way. somebody who's written a few books, I spend a lot of time, a real lot of time, thinking about what the book will look like and feel like. Give me a deckled edge and some sepia-toned mm. ink. I had a book that my book Sin Boldly was done like that. <sighs> Oh gosh, it was oh, just so such dreamy. a pretty book, and you know, or like French ends on a hard <gasps> like European paperback, oh. not like a crappy American paperback. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh, there's just mm-hmm. deckled edges are when the edges are unfinished, so and they uneven. They, they're not like chopped, uneven. chopped smooth. It's like got um, a. A texturing to it. I'd like to point out for our audience who can't see her that Kathleen is making her case for <laughs> hard books against one of the world's largest selections of hard books right behind her I in her office. I just have Sin Boldly right here without the dust cover, which was so pretty. <laughs> but see, okay, so Mark, look, can you see that? See how the edges are? Yeah, and, it's just like, it's and, like ridged and, and feels a little mm, hand, and it's handmade, hand-bound. Ink. Oh, it's just, mm, it's delicious. It and is. The, and the cover art is a really big deal. It's a, you know, uh, there are, I've had a couple of books that were, came out in hardback and then were in paperback. And only one did I like the paperback more than the hardback. Um, but there's, yeah, there's something, I, I pay a lot of attention to how a book is designed. Mm. To the mm-hmm. to the font, all, it's like a whole experience mm-hmm. for I've, me. I've picked and, up and do e-readers. I, I'm not a reader. This is gonna like kill both of you. I don't read. I just I read newspaper articles on my phone. Uh, That's it. I'm so dead you now. so you can read. I can. Okay. Read. It's not like just, I can't. Just making I, sure that everyone Romeo, knows he is literate. <laughs> as I am, I we do. Checked. I can read your emails. <laughs> Um, uh, you can email me at mdrivet.com um, <laughs> and, uh, mdrivet at gmail.com and I, I like as a kid I never liked reading because I, I needed glasses and I never had them I had like um. one pair in elementary school and they broke them because you know I'm a kid and no one should give a kid expensive things and so when you, now when you're a kid you can buy a kid $100 um, but when I was a kid it was still like 350 bucks mm-hmm, for glasses right. and my parents um, bought me a pair and then I like broke them immediately and uh, so I like never enjoyed reading as a kid, and I think that that affects a child's like development of like love. Yeah, of it totally like, does. Yeah, I think that's where my like desire to never be around silence came from. Is I always like noise because I was like, well, I can't read very well, so I, but I can watch movies, I can listen to music. Um, I listened to the infor- the song Informer from, and I'm trying to remember the name of the guys, the the name of the artist that did it, but it was like that really terrible like ska song Mm. and I would listen to it like on repeat on like a Walkman that I had when I was a little kid that was like a hand-me-down Walkman and so I would listen to anything that would fit in that cartridge (laughs) and never never read a book I read like the are you afraid of the dark or not are you afraid of the dark what is it the um stories you tell in the dark I loved those as a kid Uh uh-huh but just because the artwork was terrifying. Right. <clears throat> right. Um, for, for me, I had something similar, Mark, actually. I, I have an issue with the muscles in my eyes. 
I was actually studied as a child. Um, I think this has come up once before. My brother and I were both studied by the Giselle Institute for Children or for Childhood Development at Yale University. Um, and it's I'm still po- it's possible she's an alien. What? It, it's well, my brother. I love you, Mark. He's not listening to this. Who the fuck am I kidding? Um, <laughs> but I had a lot of eye tests done because I can. I mean, a lot of us can focus and unfocus our eyes at will. But when I do it, my the muscles in my eyes change in a way that that makes doctors go, "Whoa, wait a minute, what did you just do?" So I loved book. I I love books. I've always loved books. I love to read, but I can't read for very long without my eyes getting so tired that when I look mm. up, I, everything's blurry. And it wasn't until I was all the way through one of my master's degrees program, the one with most of the reading portion of the event, <laughs> you know, like 350 pages a night in seminary, Ugh. that one of my friend's moms who uh, works with children with um, learning disabilities and other things, she was like, oh, my friend Kitty was telling her mom about this. And she's like, tell her to tilt the book by like 30 degrees. <gasps> oh, magic. So I can read a lot longer now than I used to. I still have some trouble. So it's but that really was like a game changer. That simple. Like here to here. For me, it was. Wow. How um, fascinating. And so with e-books. If you're at home listening and your child hates books, just have them tilt them. T- it might. It might. It might. <laughs> it might. That's life, that's, it was a life hack for me. Maybe the best life hack ever. Um, and so e-readers are not quite the same. Right. I will read for a lot longer on my laptop than I will on any of my tablets for whatever reason. Interesting. I and I mm. would say that one of one of the tactile downsides to an e-reader in addition to the things I've already mentioned is the fact that it lays flat and so light mm-hmm. glares off of it even if you have an anti-glare screen. And so I've yes. had to like figure out how to prop it in such a way that I it's not reflecting but I'm not having to hold it because I want to like eat or do other things while I'm reading and yeah. it's a it has been this game of like where in the various world can I set my my book in quotes so that <laughs> I especially when can, you're traveling yeah like well and light, then of course that's a bad light I'm, that's a bad I, light yeah I'm itinerantly nomadic mm. so there's also that but I get it for traveling I remember when uh, when I was at the Chicago Sun-Times, when I was the religion reporter, it was my job for many years, at least five or six years, five years, I'd say. Anytime I traveled anywhere in the world for pleasure with my husband, whatever, I had an extra bag that was the Pope mm. bag. Because if, mm. this is when John Paul II was still the Pope. And because if he died... It didn't matter where I was in the world. I had to be on the next plane to Rome, not because anything was going to happen newsworthy that I couldn't get to, but because all the hotel rooms were pre-booked for years in advance. Oh, like the hotel that I used to stay in was owned by CNN. So when that happened, like kicked everybody out of the hotel. And so that was, that was my whole thing. So I had this and it was largely like uh, reference materials was heavy it was a little square but i think i still have it somewhere and we it came everywhere with us and would sit there all vacation i'd never open it but it was just like it was like the nuclear <laughs> so football of religion reporting if, if people don't know if people that listening at home don't know like what is the deal with the so which part you used to work for C, the cnn thing no let's, i didn't work for cnn i that. worked for the chicago sun times and i worked for a newspaper uh, several newspapers in in chicago um and because Pope John Paul had such a long pontificate, 
um, and was so ill for so long at the end of his life. It was very touch and go. And so there are only so many spots in Vatican City on rooftops where you can have your Chris Cuomo, although this predates Chris, but you can have your whoever it is, Christian Amanpour, doing stand-ups with the basilica in the background, with the, you know, the quintessential, right, right. I am in Rome, this is the Vatican shot. Right. And all of those, and most of them are parking garages attached to hospitals or hotels and other things. And all of those rooftops and a lot of the hotels had contracts with major media outlets around the country that the media outlets were paying for years. Like, a, so like a retainer fee happened, almost. Yes. And so that when it happened, they had somewhere to put all their people. But more importantly, they had the live shot they wanted. Yeah. So that's what that was. Um, now, when you work for a newspaper, you, you don't have that. So you just you spend a lot of time running around on cobblestones. I, lo- I love reporting right. in Rome. It's one of my favorite things I've ever done. And I've been fortunate to do it a number of times over the years. Well, um, and you said you worked for the Sun Times, the Chicago Sun Times. So there's there are two major newspapers in Chicago. There used to be four, but now there's two, um, barely two. Uh, the mm-hmm. Chicago Tribune, which is the broadsheet, and the Chicago Sun Times, which is the tabloid. Which I, I mean, in the size of the newspaper, not in the style not of the, the reporting, yeah, right? Um, not the content. And <laughs> I was the religion reporter for the Sun Times. My husband was an investigative crime reporter criminal justice reporter for the, for the Tribune. So we worked for competing newspapers. And I was at the Sun-Times for 10 years as its religion writer. Both uh, I was a reporter, hired as a reporter first, and then about a year later they gave me a column once a week and then it was twice a week. So I did for a time I would do both things. But Can I, can I ask you a very serious question mm-hmm. that I feel like some of the readers <laughs> might want to know? Um, who had the better Christmas party? Was it the... The Tribune? We did. Sometimes? No, sometimes, sometimes did, because oh. we were scappier. And I was going to say, liked a little <laughs> more we, like th- this was back Silicon Valley startup-y. Not, not like that, we're, but, you we're know. We were scrappy. <laughs> you you know, know, we were more, a little more street. And, you know, yeah. I, I've worked at both places. I worked at the Tribune as well when I was uh, first starting out um, and have plenty of friends who've worked both places. And, you know, journalism now is very different than it was 10 or 15 or 20 years ago. But, um yeah, the I think we had the better Christmas parties because we weren't really we weren't particularly corporate because we weren't owned by the same people for years and years and years. There was always some like robber baron, literally, <laughs> who owned us this week. Oh, or, Chicago! Know. Oh, Chicago! Oh, the yes. mobster capital of the Midwest. But we How imported we our particular you. mobster, who was in fact a, a lord from Canada. Hmm. Um, I just said Canada in my my best Chicago Canada Canada. Kathy from Canada. Um, yeah. Anyway, so we definitely had the better Christmas parties, in my estimation. When all, we had the Christmas parties. All that parties. to say. There was more yeah. booze at the Sun Times. That's what we meant. Consumed, at least. Yeah. So so I think at the end of this, we've, we've, we've hit the point where we, we can say that if you're into a book for an experience, like at your opinion as a writer, as, a writer. as someone who puts uh, words to paper and, and sends them to someone they fasten them together on pages of paper and put <laughs> a hard like thing on them old yeah. old fashioned you like the physical holder i do <sighs> uh, okay very much but you'll you'll come around yeah no but you, you have know to, when you have to, no when you have to, oh dude let me <laughs> so spin you, you around 
and look, this is just <laughs> one floor of books at my house. And we've are, gotten rid of two thirds of them home. in the last so 10 many, years. so many books those at home. She has a, a gorgeous library yes. that she's showing us. Yes. That, that does make it look. I bet it smells amazing in there. Kind of damp. Like, like it's books. on the bottom floor. It smells like books and barbecue books and ideas. because wildfires. Books and ideas and mesquite barbecue <laughs> because there's a fire about ten miles down the road. From us. <sighs> Scary. That's the other thing. See, I can take my whole book collection with me in one thing. You got to like load a moving truck if there's but a fire that rips. Here's there. the thing, Mark. I have I have a collection of Patty Smith signed books that come with me in the go bag. Mm. Like I'm not leaving them here. I believe that. Mm-hmm. That's actually probably smart. Yeah. But I will mm-hmm. say too that I think that the convenience of having books at your fingertips always mm-hmm. and never running out mm-hmm. devalues them slightly also. How about that? That was another part portion of the event I didn't want to get into, but yeah, that it does, is, you know, like I if you have journalism. an endless supply of something, then you're never at a point. I, I have been at a point in my life, a multitude of million times where I'm like, <gasps> I have run out of things to read. And oh then God. the next however long until I have a book in my hand is one concerted effort to simply try to find a book I have not the read that book. I'm interested yeah. in. That's yeah. it. Like, I have a whatever it thing. takes. I only read books recommended to me now by a gentleman named uh, Bobby Johnson. He's a, a young adult writer. He goes by the pen name B.C. Johnson. <laughs> mm-hmm. And because uh, he wanted to write a uh, young adult and like, I guess it's a very uh, sexist industry. They hate uh, men dudes writing young adult. I didn't I know, did that. Not know that. I did not know that. <laughs> so he writes under a, a generic or, a, you know, a pen name so mm-hmm. that people uh, aren't like a dude writing a book about a girl, but he writes, he has this fantastic book um, called dead girl. Hmm. And it's written from the point of view of a young uh, female teenager. And so people are like, you know, Oh man, can't write that. But it's actually, if you read it, it's a really great book. It's really cute. And cause considering you're from orange County, there's a lot of orange County references in it. Ew. And um, <laughs> was that out loud? Know, <laughs> and, uh, but he, he, he's the only one that gets me. So if he sends me a book uh, recommendation, it's the only book I like. I, everybody else I hate. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the mini-sode. Um, if you'd like to find out more about us and our podcast, please visit artistcareandfeeding.com. Uh, you can also drop us a line at artistcarepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.